Shalom to all. Today's office is Yomus Kofchaf. We are starting Kofiya Tesama Bay, six lines up from the bottom, the second word on the line. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basib, Yaakov, Maisha, her Nisham should have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yantar, Ben Rosh Anshul, his Nisham should have an Aliyah. Let's remember the case of Mishnah that we're talking about two brothers, Ruven and Shimon, married to women, Rivka and Sarah. Both Rivka and Sarah claim their husbands died. We believe them regarding their own husbands, but not in regards to the other one. Therefore, neither is Mutaris Lashuk. The Mishnah then said, let's say they did Yibum to other brothers that were here, Levi and Yehuda, and those died as well. The Tanakam and Rabbi argue if Rivka and Sarah are now Mutaris Lashuk, or do they revert back to their original Isser? Rabbi Lazar was Makel. That's what the Gemara says right now. And then the Yivaman died. Uh, certainly, not say they're not allowed to get married. That was a Tanakama. Rabbi Lazar, I mean, he says, Since they're Mutar to marry the Yivaman, they're now allowed to marry whomever they want. By Rava, Rava asked, My time to Rabbi Lazar. What's Rabbi Lazar's reasoning? Is it Mishum to Kasavar because he holds Tsarim Idol Chaverta that a Tsar is allowed to give Edos for her friend, for her Tsara? We've said previously in the Mishnah that a Tsar is not allowed to give Edos for her friend because we don't believe her. She's going to try to spite her. She's going to try to lie just to mess up her tsara. But Rabbi Lazar argues with that. Is that the reason? She's not going to mess herself up if she gives Eidos that her husband died and it's not really true and then she gets married so she's going to end up messing herself up and she's not going to end up doing it and that's how we could believe her in regards to her tsara as well. So now the Gemara asks, what's the difference between these two different reasonings? Do we allow the tsara to get remarried before her herself? If you want to say that a tsara is allowed to give Eidos for her friend, meaning for her tsara her co-wife. Even though the tsara hasn't gotten married yet, we're going to allow the other tsara to get married based off the ages of the first tsara. But if you want to say that the reason why we're believing one tsara to give testimony for the other one is because that first tsara is not going to mess herself up, so then it's only if insev, if the first one got married, so then we're going to allow the other tsara to get married as well. However, if that first tsara didn't get married based off of her own ages and her own husband died, so then we're not going to allow the other tsara to get married because perhaps the first tsara was lying when she said it. So once again, the Gemara repeats his question, my, so what is Rebbe Lazar's reasoning? Tashman attempted Raya. Rebbe Lazar, he says, Since she's permitted to the Yvamin, she's permitted to everyone. So we have Rebbe Lazar, if you want to say the reason behind Rebbe Lazar is because she's not going to mess herself up, we see she got married to the Yavam, so therefore we're going to allow the other one to get married. But if you want to say that he just argues with our original premise and he holds that Tzara is allowed to give Edus for her Tzara, so even if she hadn't married the Yavam, the other one would be allowed to get remarried. So Elishma, you know, we see from here clearly, Tamar Rabbalazar, Rabbalazar's reasoning in our Mishnah is Mishum to Insafu, it's only because she herself had gotten married to the Yavam, Velay Makalkal and she's not going to mess herself up. And that's his reasoning. So Gemara says it's not a Rayah. Rabbalazar, the Vrem Ka'amrlhu. It could be that Rabbalazar is saying, Lefishitas Chachamim, Lididi, according to me, Tsarim Idol Chaverta, that a Tsara is allowed to give Edus for her friend. And even if the Tsara hadn't gotten remarried based off of her own Edus, Minsabinullah, we will allow the other Tsara to get married. But according to you, Chachamim, Adulimias, at least agree to me, the Hecha, the Ents of Mitzvinullah, that if these women had already gotten married to the Yavamin, so then we will allow them to get married to other people once the Yavamin died. Mishum Tehila Mikakalanavsha, because we clearly see in this case that she's not going to mess herself up, and she herself got married, so of course we should allow the other Tsara to get married. And it could be that's what Rebbe Lazar was saying in our Mishnah. Now, that happens to be that that's a good Svara, so what would the Rabbana reply? Rabbanan, Thomas Nafshi, and Plishtim Hudakavda. According to Rabbana, we could apply this Pasuk that we had before, Thomas Nafshi, and Plishtim, let me die with the Plishtim, meaning I'm going to harm myself as long as you get harmed as well. And that's why she married the Yavam. It could be that she was lying that her husband died and she knows that her husband really didn't die. And the only reason why she married the Yavam is so that she could really mess up her sister-in-law even though she herself is going to be messed up as well. But either which way, we don't have a raya from our Mishnah what Rebbe Lazar's Svara is. Tashma, another attempted raya, a woman went with her husband overseas, and then she came and said, my husband died, she's allowed to get remarried, and take her ksuba. But her tsar is not allowed to get remarried. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar says, since 
she is permitted to get remarried, her tsar is also allowed to get remarried. So we see from here that even though she didn't get remarried yet, the fact that she's allowed to get remarried allows her tsar to get remarried, and must be Rebbe Lazar's svara is that she is allowed to give edus for her tsara. So Gemara says, no, that's not a raya. E mahel v'hotra v'nises. Let's reinterpret Rebbe Lazar to be saying that since she was allowed to get remarried and she did get remarried, that's why the tsar is allowed to get remarried. But again, no conclusive raya for what Rebbe Lazar holds. The Gemara is holding on second. We should be chayshish that maybe she came back from overseas and she actually had a get. And the reason why she said that my husband died is that she wants to mess up her tzara. And she's not going to be messed up herself even if her husband comes back because when her husband comes back, she's going to pull out the get and say, hi, I tricked you all. I had a get anyway, so I was allowed to get remarried. But since the tzara never had a get and the only reason why the tzara remarried is because she thought that her husband died, so she's going to be messed up and she's going to have to get divorced. Why aren't we chayshish for that? So the Gemara says, you're right. Eid of Israel hachinami. If she's getting remarried to Israel, then we should be chashish for that. But hachamayaskina and the ins of Lakain, or here we're talking about where the wife that had come back from overseas married a Kain, and in that case, her having a get won't help her out at all because a get would make her usher to a Kain. So from the fact that she married a Kain, it must be that her husband died. So it's in that situation that Rabbi Lazar says we have no chashash that she's lying, and therefore the tsar is allowed to get remarried as well. And Rashi tells us, idim parts of panim emachaitem. We're not accept edos that someone had died unless they saw his face with the nose. Even though they had mentioned different simanim, different identifying marks on the person's body or on his clothing, we still can't believe him that it was this fellow that died unless they saw his face with his nose. Furthermore, in Me'idin Alachetetzenafshay, we're only allowed to give Eidos if they saw his soul leave him, meaning if they saw him die. But if they didn't see him die, even though he was almost dead, we can't believe them that he died. Even if they saw him wounded very severely, he was cut or stabbed very severely. Or if they saw him hanging, or if they saw an animal eating him, they're still not allowed to give Eidos unless they saw him actually dead. Also, in Me'idin Elad Gimel Yamim, they're only allowed to give Eidos up until three days after he died. If it's more than three days past his death, they can't give Eidos about him because it could be that his face got disfigured so badly, it's not really him, it's really someone else who now looks like him because the face is so bloated and changed. Rabbi Yudim Bavim, where he says, Not every person, place, or time is the same. A larger person is going to decompose and become disfigured much quicker than a thinner person. If the body was left in a place where it was exposed to the sun, so then it's going to decompose and disfigure much quicker. And also depends on the climate. That's what shais means. If it was a place where it's very hot, the body is going to decompose much quicker than in a place where it's very cold. So therefore, we can't use three days as the cutoff point. I think what it tells us, Tanarban, we have a brass of padaches, like parts of panim, parts of panim, like padaches. If they saw this fellow's forehead, but not the rest of his facial structure, or they saw his facial structure, but not the rest of his forehead, and me'idin ajiu shneim imachaitam. They're not allowed to give edus until they saw both parts of his head and his nose, then they know that it's this person. Amar Abayi, Tamer of Kahana, my crow, what's the puzzle that supports this? Hakaras panehem on sabam. It's the recognition of their face, which spoke about them. So we have to see the face, and only once we see the full face, then we can testify that this person is really him. And a story to prove this, Abba Bar Marta, Duhu Abba Bar Minyumi, Abba Bar Marta is Abba Bar Minyumi, Havamaski Bey Debeir Zuzi, he owed the people of the Reish house money, I see Kira, he brought wax, Davak Bibliasa, he stuck it onto like a torn piece of clothing, Davak Bafuse, he put it onto his forehead, Chalav Kamayu, he walked in front of them, Vlai Bishakrua, and they didn't recognize him. So we see that it's the forehead and the face which causes us to recognize a person and nothing else. And it's in the mission, even though they had mentioned different simanim they saw on his body or on his clothing, we still can't trust them that it's actually this person. The Gemara asks, remember the Simanim lav da'iraisa? If you really want to say that Simanim aren't da'iraisa, for many of us, you stira. We have a brass that says, Matzai kasher bekis or anakib bitabas. If a person was a shleich to bring a get to divorce someone's wife and he lost that get, and later on he found that it was tied to his wallet or his money pouch or his signet ring, or he found it among all of his stuff, 
Ilusman Ruba, even if it's after a long time, kosher, it's a kosher get, and we can trust based off of Simanim that this is the get that he had brought. So we see that Simanim on Kalim, on clothing, or on some personal effects are believed. So I'm Rabbi, he says, Loikasha, Har Blazer Ben Mavai, Har Rabbanon. Once Har Blazer Ben Mavai, once Rabbanon. Titanium Everbrisa, in me Eden al Shuma, we can't accept Edus about a birthmark. If they saw someone dead and they said, oh, he has a birthmark and this is this place on his body, we can't accept that Edus. Rabbi Blazer Ben Mavai, I'm he says, me Eden, we are allowed to accept that Edus. My Lab Hakamithagi must be what are they arguing about? Myers over Simonim Dairaiser, Myers over Simonim Darabanon. One holds Simon is Dairaiser, so we could trust them. One holds Simonim is Darabanon, so we can't trust the Simon. So Ravi tells us, no, the Kuli Alma Simonim Dairaiser. Everyone holds that Simonim are Dairaiser. Hachab Shum Mitsuya Ben Gila Kamithagi, over here the Homachlekes is, is a Shuma, a birthmark found on someone who's a Ben Gil. Ben Gila means they were born the same day and the same hour. And the Homachlekes is, when we have two people that are born the same day, the same hour, are they going to have the same birthmark? Myers over Darabanon holds Shum Mitsuya Ben Gila. A Shuma, a birthmark, will be found on someone who's a Ben Gil, and therefore, even though they knew Ruvain had a birthmark in such a place, it's very possible that a Ben Gil of Ruvain also has the same exact birthmark. So it could be they're testifying about that other person who's a Ben Gil of Ruvain and it's not Ruvain himself. And Amar Savar, Rebbe Lezabin Avai holds, in a Ben Gilai, we're not going to have a birthmark found in the same place just because he's a Ben Gil. Vigdamri and some say, their homachlekes is, will a Shuma change after the person died? Will it change colors? Will it change shapes? Amar Savar, according to Rabban, it will change after Misa, so therefore we can't trust her testimony that this is actually Ruvain that had died. Maybe it's someone else and the birthmark had changed after he died to look like Ruvain's birthmark. And Umar Savar holds it's not going to change after Misa, and therefore, if they give testimony about this birthmark, we can be rest assured that it's Ruvain. Some say, Everyone holds really regarding a Shuma as a Simon Muvak, as a unique Simon. Many they gave a very specific Eidos. It was this type of birthmark on this particular part on his body. That's considered a Simon Muvak. Umar Savar loves Simon Muvak. That's not considered a Simon Muvak just because they said it's on this part of the body or it was this color or it was this shape. That doesn't make it a Simon Muvak and therefore we can't take their Eidos. Now the Gemara just clarifies our Mishnah according to one of these Lashainas. According to the first Lashain that Rav had said that everyone agrees that Simon Amaraisa, Hakatani, that which we had said in our Mishnah, even though they gave Simonim on his body and on his clothing, we still don't believe them. Why not? If Simon is Dairaisa, why wouldn't we believe them? That's because one of the Simonim that they gave, Gufa the Archlagut, when they spoke about his body, they said, oh, it was very long or he was very short. That's not a valid simon. And Caleb, when they gave a simon about his clothing, the Hashim Lashayla, we have to be chashish that he lent his clothing to somebody else. So maybe it was his clothing, but he had lent them to another person who had died, and it wasn't him that had died. Ask more of Ichashim Lashayla. If you're going to say that we're chashish that someone lent his things to somebody else, well, we have a problem with the following case. How could we return a lost donkey to someone just because he gave Eidos about its saddle? Maybe he had lent his saddle to somebody else, and it's that other person's donkey which is lost, and that other person's donkey is wearing his saddle. Why would we give him the donkey also? So the more answer is Inchi Ukva. A person doesn't lend his saddle out, the mask of Leilchamra, because it's going to chafe, it's going to hurt the donkey. Every saddle is particular for each donkey. It's not going to fit in on a different donkey. Therefore, if it's his saddle on a donkey, it must be that it's his donkey as well. The market continues asking on this case that we brought up previously. How could we return this get to the Shliach if he had found that it was tied to his money pouch or his wallet or to his signet ring? Maybe he had lent all these things out to his friend and it's not really his get, it's his friend's get. So Gemara says he's not going to lend these things out. Tabas, the reason why he's not going to lend his signet ring out is Chash Lezufe, because he suspects that the person who has his signet ring is going to copy that and then he's going to start signing things in his name. That's what we would call old school identity theft. 
and Kisvarniki regarding his wallet and money pouch, Menachshi in Shivloi Mushli, a person is very superstitious that he's giving his good luck over to somebody else by giving him his wallet, and therefore he's not going to lend it out. And Vibesam, alternatively, we could say, Caleb, the reason why I wouldn't believe the Edom of the Mishnah when they gave testimony about this dead person based off of the clothing he was wearing has nothing to do with him lending out his clothing to somebody else. It's Bechir of Asumki. They had said it was white or red clothing. They didn't give any specifications about the clothing. They said he was wearing black pants and a white shirt, or he was wearing jeans and a t shirt. That's not specific enough. That's too general, and therefore we're not going to believe them. I wait to the Mishnah of Even if they saw that he was severely wounded with a knife or with a stabbing wound and he was about to die, we still can't believe their Eidos unless they saw him die. The Gemara suggests, Lamemer de Magoyed Chai, do you really mean to say that a person who was stabbed and wounded severely is actually going to live? For many, we'll ask you a stira. A person is not going to be Matame, a room or an area that he is, until his soul leaves him, until he actually dies. Even if he was wounded very severely, even if he was in death throes. So, what do you learn from here? He might not be Matame until he's actually dead. But we learn from here that he's definitely not going to live. Why are we assuming that this person might have lived? So, Rabbi says, like Kasha, we're allowed to give Eidos regarding someone who's wounded very severely. We can assume that they had died, but we are not accept Eidos regarding someone who was hanging. Because even though they saw him hanging, it's very possible that the rope was cut and he lived. He says, Even on someone who's wounded very severely, we're still not allowed to give Eidos. Why not? It's very possible that we could cauterize the wound and he would live. The way to cauterize a wound is to take something which is very hot and put it against the wound and that seals it up and it's very possible that even though he was wounded very severely, perhaps it was a mortal wound, if it was cauterized, it could be that he's going to live. So therefore, Shimon Lazar says, even if he was Megoyed, they can't give testimony about him that he died unless they saw him dead. It's possible that his wound was healed. The Gemara asks, when Mimaz is Lokmik, Rav Shimon Lazar, could really say that our mission is like Rav Shimon Lazar, Vakhtani, say for the safe that Bryce who says, Maisa Ba'asya, there's a story in Asya, Ba'echad, with a certain person, Shishashaluliyam, that they lowered him into the sea, Vloy also Biyadam El Ragloy, and when they tried to pull him out, the only thing they had was his leg. And Amr Chamim Chamim said, Minar Kuvalamala, Tinase. If when they pulled that leg out of the water, it also had the knee, so then his wife can remarry, we can assume that this fellow died. Minar Kuvalamata, however, if it didn't have the knee with it, like Tanase, his wife can't remarry because it's very possible that the wound was healed. And the reason why we wouldn't have this fellow's body is because we're talking about a body of water, Sha'in Lahem Saif. There's no end to it, as we had mentioned previously, that we can't see all the shoreline, and therefore it could be his body was washed up on the shore a little bit later down, and we don't see his body. But either way, we see from here that Mugayid cannot live because we said that if we pulled out his leg and it also had the knee attached, that means this fellow had this mortal wound that he's missing his knee, and we said in that scenario that his wife may get remarried because we can assume that he died. So Gamar says, no, that's not a raya. Shani Maya, water is different than Marzumaka because they agitate the wound, they make it worse, and therefore even though a Mugayid could technically live, since his wound was in the water, in that scenario, he wouldn't be able to live. Ask Gamar, what do you mean? I saw this Arab merchant, the Shakal Safsira, he took his sword, Vigadi Lagamle, and he cut the leg off of his camel. It didn't even have a chance to stop its braying or howling because of the pain that it was in, and it died right away. So we see that such a wound can't heal even if it's not in the water. So Amr Abai, he says, no, that camel was a very weak camel, and that's why it died right away. Rav Amr, he says, the only way a wound like this one, such as a leg being cut off above the knee, could heal is if it was cut off with a white hot sword. So the moment that this wound happened, there was automatically this cauterization process happening with this boiling hot sword. So then perhaps that wound can heal. And Mishnah said, even if they saw a wild animal eating this person, their edus that he died is not believed unless they actually saw him dead. They're only not believed if they saw the animal eating from a place that his soul is not going to leave from. They saw a bear munching on his foot. The bear could decide to leave this fellow 
swallow go and the guy's not going to die just because his foot was munched off by a bear. But if they saw this wild animal eating from a place that his soul will leave from, meaning they saw a bear chomping on his head, so then Eden, we will believe Eitus from then that he died because it's not possible that a bear was munching on his face and that he didn't die. And Vamar Vihudam Rashmul, another memra, Shachar by Shnaim, by Rav Shnaim, let's say someone wrote over Ruvain and he sliced the two simanim of his throat or the majority of the two simanim of his throat. What are the two simanim? That's the trachea and the esophagus, the kana and the veshet, ubarach, and then Ruvain ran away after his neck was sliced. Me Eden were able to give Eitus about him that he died because there was no way that he lived from that. The Gemara is that really so? Vamar Vihudam Rashmul, Shachar by Shnaim, Rav Shnaim, if somebody had his two simanim cut or the majority of his two simanim cut, Viramaz, and then he hinted to other people, the Amar, and he said in his hinting, Kisugela Ishti, write a get for my wife. They could write a get for his wife and they could give it to her. So we see that even if a person's simanim were cut, he still could live. The Gemara says, no, Chaihu, he could live for a little bit, but eventually he will die. So as long as he's alive, they could quickly write a get for his wife and give it to her. But Adamar still believes to come and say that this fellow died because there's no way he's going to live. Eventually he's going to die. The Gemara asks, that's really so. A person should have to go to Golos if he does this. Meaning, if a person accidentally cuts someone's neck, he should have to go to Galas the same way anyone who kills accidentally goes to Galas. Alamatani, why is it we learn in a bride, so Shachat Shnaim or if someone sliced the two simonim or the majority of the two simonim of someone else, he doesn't have to go to Galas. So the Gemara answers, Ha'itmarlo was already stated on that bride, so Amrav Hashai, Rav Hashai explains, it could be the reason why this fellow actually died is because the wind made it worse. The wind blowing back and forth could have made this wound much worse, and that's why he died, not necessarily because his neck was actually cut. Or Inami alternatively could say, Shema Ihu it could be the fellow himself who had his neck sliced. He brought his death quicker because he was writhing and thrashing about, and that's why he died. So the fellow that cut his neck wouldn't have to go to the Ir Miklot because he wasn't the one that actually killed him. The Gemara is my benayah. What's the difference between these two different reasonings? The wind and him moving about. Two different Afghaminas. The shachte of the shisha uparches. If he shechted him in a marble house, but he was moving about. A marble house, there's no wind. So it can't be that the wind made his death come quicker. But since he was moving about, it could be that this fellow brought about his own death quicker. Or inami alternatively, the shachte he shechted him outside where there's a lot of wind. Parches, but the fellow didn't move about. So there are two different nafkaminas between these different reasons. But again, a person who sliced someone else's neck is not going to have to go to Gaulus is because it's not necessary that he killed him right away. If he took a sword and chopped his head off, he obviously killed him right away. The death was immediate, so he would have to go to Gaulus. But just slicing his neck doesn't mean that he died right away, and therefore that fellow wouldn't have to go to Gaulus. But obviously, if a person's neck was sliced, he most definitely will die, and therefore we will believe Adam to give testimony about him that he died, even though they didn't see him dead, they only saw that his neck was sliced. And I remember saying, with a member from Tanakama that we only believe Adim if they saw this person up until three days after he died. More than that, we say that he's disfigured and we cannot trust their testimony. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda had said, like all Adam, like all Makam, like all Shai's Shavin, then not all people and temperatures and places are the same, and therefore the cutoff isn't necessarily three days. So Omar says, Ibai Luda asked the following question, Rabbi Yehuda and Bava Lakula Palig, Alechumra Palig. Was Rabbi Yehuda and Bava trying to argue and be more makel or be more machmir? Was he trying to say that even past three days we should be allowed to testify about a person, or even within three days we should not be allowed to testify about a person? So Tashmai had attempted Raya, Duhu Gavra, the Tava Bakarmi. There was a person who drowned in Karmi, Vaskua Behadya, and his body was washed ashore by Behadya, the Basar Tlasa Yamin. This was after three days. The Inzibur of Dimur Adal, the Betsu, and Dimur Adal allowed his wife to get remarried. Vasu, in another story, who Gavra, the Itba Badiglas, there was a person that drowned in the Diglas River, Vaskua Girsha de Shabistina, and his body was washed ashore by this bridge. The Inzibur Ravala, the Betsu, Apuma de Shushvini, Rava allowed his wife to get remarried based off of Adim, the Basar Hamisha Yami, after five days. This was already five days of being in the water. So yeah, Rishlam Lakula Pali, if you want to say of Yehudim and Bava was arguing and saying that we should be more makel that even after three days we should be allowed to testify about a person in Huda Avik Rav Yehudim and Bava. It must be that they, Rav Dimi and Rava, were going like Rav Yehudim and Bava. Eli Yamr Lechomer Palik, if you want to say that he's just trying to be machmer in Huda Avik Kaman, who are they paskining like? Sukhmar says, no, these stories are not a raya. Shani Maya did some say. Water is different because it causes contraction.
digestion when water is cold so it preserves the features of the body even way more than three days. Ask Mara, what are you talking about? You had just said on the previous Amud, Maya Merzumaka. The water agitates the wound and makes it worse. It doesn't contract the body and preserve its features. It actually makes it worse. The Gemara answer is no. That's only when there's a wound, so then water is going to make it worse. If there's no wound on the person's body, so then it's going to contract the person's body and it's actually going to preserve his features. However, the Gemara clarifies that's only once they take the body out, it has to be seen right away within the hour. However, if they wait after the body is taken out of the water, then it's going to end up getting all bloated and then we're not able to trust the features on this person that we see. So yes, even if a person's in the water for longer than three days, we could say that this is this person based off of testimony of Adem because the water preserves the body. However, that's only if they saw the body right when it was taken out of the water. But if they waited more than an hour, then the body already starts getting disfigured because of all the water that was absorbed into the body and we can't trust her Adus anymore. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about similar cases. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.